everybody, it's Ramley John from the Product Club uh, team, and I'm excited to chat with Jeffrey. He is the founder and CEO of PatSnap. How's it going, Jeffrey? How's things going with you? Hi, Ramley. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to this session. Yeah, I'm excited. We're really excited to chat with you about this movement because a lot of people are really interested about companies that have shifted from product-led to, to sales-led. And that's exactly, uh, I believe, what you guys did at PatSnap. I'm curious, from your point of view, what was the trigger that caused you to to shift from, hey, you know, let's focus our energy on being product-led when originally maybe you guys started off as sales-led? Yes, uh, I think this is definitely the COVID-19 has given us a, a big trigger on this. So when COVID-19 first happened, actually uh, for us, because we PassNet, we have global operation both in China and US and Europe. That's why I think we first experienced COVID-19 in late January, early February, year 2020. So during that time, we see that all our employees in China, they actually have to work from home. So, and at that time, we have decided that we to make all our products freely available for that quarter for all our users in China because we feel that that is the right thing to do when everyone, they can't even go to work. Because some of our users, they have to have to go to office to have the office VPN in order to access our product. So we have decided that during that time. And because of that, the response was very good. So when the COVID starts shifting to the West, I think during late March in 2020, we feel that this, we should do the same thing uh, in the rest of the world as well. So we also make all our product freely available during the Q2 in 2020. And with that, uh, I think we kind of started our product-led journey. It's really fascinating. A lot of companies, one of the instigators for becoming product-led is COVID, right? It's like, oh my goodness, we need to really reshift our thinking. I'm sure that those were like very challenging times for PatSnap. What kind of obstacles did you face as an organization totally shifting from, from sales-led to product-led? And how did you overcome those obstacles? Yes, yes. I would say definitely. I would say especially uh, from internal, especially from the sales team. So a lot of the sales team, they will not, they didn't fully kind of understand or appreciate what product-led means. When we told the sales team that, hey guys, we are going to make it free, even though for a period of time, even though maybe some of the functions are limited, but to them, they still feel that, hey, this change may impact their sales pipeline and therefore their, their sales attainment. So that I think is one of the big obstacles we handle, uh, we, we have to face when we shift to product-led growth from a sales-led growth. That will be one. Secondly, also, even though making it free sounds simple on, on the surface, but actually behind the scene, all the operation from sales ops to product ops, we also have to adapt to the change. But it doesn't mean we stop charging for it, then that is it. Actually, from a sales operation perspective, we have a lot of operation we have to change from the product ops as well because after we make it free, actually our, our DevOps teams, our product ops team have to uh, tune on uh, a lot more AWS resources in order to accommodate to all the sudden search in users to subscribing our product. So there is some, some of the things we managed to uh, overcome during those periods. That's really fascinating about the sales because that is one of the scariest moments probably for sales where like, 
oh, we're making this free. How are we going to hit our sales quota now? How did you face that? Like what happened with the sales team? Like did you, I guess you things had to change. And what were those changes that you had to make for, for sales? Yes. I think whenever, uh, not just from sales-led to a product-led growth, but whenever I think in a company wanted to make a change in a big way, especially, I think it really, really start from top-down approach. And also as the driver of the, as the champion of the change, in this case, uh, myself, really have to make a strong case to influence them. So first, I first uh, brought this idea up to my leadership team and make a strong case on why we need to do this. Because uh, if we don't do this, then what will happen? And if we do this, potentially the good things will be this and really play out and really make my case uh, logically. And also, I think end of the day, human being, emotional uh, being as well. So I say that this is, I just feel that this is the right thing to do, the right thing for the business to do. So from a logical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, uh, make my case to the leadership team. And once they buy in, then we start going uh, layer and layer le- level down. Yeah, That's really fascinating because that's a big thing that people who are, companies that are trying to be product-led is need to do is to get buy-in from not just sales, but from marketing, from product. And you were successfully able to do it, obviously. Can you give tips to other CEOs out there where the organization is sales-led? What did you do right that convinced your team that this is the right move? I will say, uh, to be frank, we are still on the journey of our product-led growth. Doesn't mean make it free. Uh, and eventually we have some uh, freemium, free trial kind of approach. But I still see that we are still very early in the journey of uh, PLG. Uh, but coming back, if it was there any single thing I did, I guess I just keep <laughs> forcing my way in. I just keep repeating my message, charging ahead every day, get another one, two new person buying. And slowly they have this uh, snowball effect. When the products start being made available for free during that time, and we start seeing more user coming in and more user requesting for it. And we start seeing the community giving very good feedback. And slowly, then more, more people see that and really have that snowball effect. So I guess persistent and just keep uh, repeating the message that somehow I will attribute to what made us kind of successful in our early phase of our PLG. Interesting. So you have your executive team convinced that we got to do PLG. What was, the, what was the next step? Like, what, what were like the initial things that you guys did early on to really you know, implement PLG? The first few things we did when we implement the PLG during COVID was, uh, first, of course, run a campaign and uh, work with marketing team, design the, the message, hey, guys, to the outside world and say, hey, we are going to make our product free, right? everything for free. I remember that very clearly because we are the first one in the industry to do that. And after that, uh, actually, our kind of uh, other industry player, they, they also follow suit. So yeah, the first one to do that. And uh, we got a lot. And then all of us, like, I get everyone to spread the message to our existing customer, to potential new prospect as well. So I think that marketing campaign uh, was the first thing we did to promote that we have this uh, initiative. 
what were the results of that campaign? I'm curious, uh, did, was it successful? I'm guessing it was. And then you know, what, what were the steps after that? Yes, after we run that PLG campaign, both in China and in our North American market and Europe, so our pipeline increased by 30 to 40%. So I think that is one of the big successful outcome from that, our sales pipeline. And uh, secondly, also because of that, Internally, uh, we officially uh, kind of have an official PLG team since then to continue to work on this because PLG is not a single point of uh, event. It is a journey. It is. So PestNet start having a PLG team in everything PestNet that will do everything related to PLG. That's fascinating. I'm actually curious what that team looks like. Who's in that team and do they report to the product team, I'm guessing, or do they report to you directly? Yes, the PLG team report to our global product head. So PLG, I think it depends on how we define PLG. But to me, PLG includes having that, what I call the freemium-ish kind of approach that is being one of that. But even within the paid product, how we really simplify the user onboarding journey, make it very idiot-proof. A user can do can use our product without any uh, customer success support. Those are all part of the PLG. And even any tools, that any free tools that we can launch to the market that generate leads, generate momentum, that uh, is also, in my opinion, part of PLG. So, for example, something like what HubSpot did with a website grader is a very good tool, but that website grader generates a lot of bits for HubSpot, uh, other product, and in-product purchase, all this. So, I see that PLG is a is an ongoing, continuous thing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so, they're reporting to the global head of product. And what's the makeup of that team? Is there a designer? Is there a developer? Is there a product person? Yes, yes. We actually choose the approach where uh, I know we learned that there are some other companies have kind of a PLG person or like a product, like a more PLG initiative champion person across the company. For us, we choose to have a dedicated team uh, and this basically a full stack team a developer, a front-end developer, a back-end developer, a QA, a product manager, a designer, and uh, someone who bit like a growth marketer within this team. They have all the resource uh, they need within the team to kind of start and try a different experiment. Uh, so there's almost like a strong analysis growth team or a SWAT team or something like that, a growth pod team, interesting. What kind of experiments have they been running? Are they mainly running experiments on onboarding that like you're, you're talking about? I love what you use, idiot-proof onboarding. Or are they doing more like acquisition stuff where they're trying to figure out the best way to acquire new free users? So far, for the last half a year, the team has been focusing on because we also doesn't have unlimited resource. So in order to improve our chances and to do this, to, since have a dedicated team, this is a big investment as well. So we were working on the onboarding journey. We do a lot of A-B testing during the onboarding, how we can ensure the user have a smooth onboarding. So because that will help our existing paid product anyway. So we use that as a starting point for this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We've been talking a lot about like things that went really well 
I'm curious if there were things during this journey that didn't go well and what happened and what did your team do to, I guess, resolve those issues? Yeah, there are many issues along the way. Like, for example, like, it also sounds simple, like, hey, let's do some A-B testing. <laughs> but in order, before we get to the A-B testing stage, behind the scene, we need to set up the whole kind of a framework infrastructure, the right tool, the right tracking tool, everything to be able to do that. I need to work with the original development team and say that, hey, we need to start having the A-B testing functionality. So a lot of foundation we have to build before we get to where we want the actual job of A-B testing, for example. So that's all parts, uh, bits and pieces of, not challenges, but I would say like some of the things that we will not have known before we started the PLG journey. Yeah. That's a thing. Thanks for sharing. I know, you know, it's sometimes hard to, to share things that <laughs> didn't go well, but I really appreciate it. I hope people can learn from the stuff you said. But as I start wrapping up, if you, you know, we've talked a lot, a lot about in the last few minutes about, you know, your journey with PatSnap and product-led growth. If you can give like one or two pieces of advice to any other CEOs out there who are right now sales-led and they're thinking about becoming more product-led or implementing a product-led approach or model into their organizations, what would be your, your one or two pieces of advice to them? Yeah. I think it will be hard to have one uh, advice that works for everyone, at least from my own experience. Uh, it, because PLG also really depends on your product market fit, your industry, and all many other factors as well. But from my own experience, if the founders feel that, because I think as an entrepreneur, especially entrepreneur founder, I think we, I, I, I think we have that gut feeling if the founder feel that uh, has the gut feeling that this is the right thing to do for the business, then I would say just just go for it. Just uh, really believe in your inner voice and go for it. You can start small, but I think at least do something about it. So the, actually, this PLG has been in my mind for like since the day I started PestNet uh, more than ten years ago. So it's just that this time COVID nineteen gave me the chance to finally to do it in a more company wide. Uh, manners. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Thank you for sharing that, Jeff. I really do appreciate sharing those tips. And just one final thing before we go, where can people find out more about you? Are you on LinkedIn, Twitter? Where do you want them to go? And where can people find out more about PatSnap? Yeah. Yeah. PatSnap, uh, you can uh, find my LinkedIn profile and add me on LinkedIn. Or also can uh, come to www.patsnap.com to learn more about it. Yeah. Thank you for your time, Jeff. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Rami, for inviting me to this session.